Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, and the new Granite Outpost. What a win at Fort Quincy. Our New England Free Jacks dispatched our little brother, the D.C. Flags, in nerve-wracking fashion, I will say. But what a fantastic time it was at the Irish Heritage Festival. A new attendance record at Fort Quincy. You love to see it. Let's get right into the episode here. First off, we've got an interview with Free Jacks. With new Free Jacks back rower Samisi Paye. Samisi Paye. Then we sat down and talked to our New York correspondent, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, about our big-time matchup. It is Rivalry Week, Rangers. Of course, we will be playing the New York... whatever they're calling themselves this year, down in Mount Vernon, New York. Really enjoyed talking to Scott. From there, we have our DC review with Diamond Dave and myself, and of course, our New York preview as well to round out the episode. Let's go ahead and kick that theme music. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with Diamond Dave, as he is always here with me. Well, mostly here with me. Uh, sometimes Bozo, sometimes David Lawrence. But we have a very, very special guest this time around. He is Samisi Baye. He is from the nation of Tonga. He is a new Free Jack. Samisi, how the hell are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good to be on the show. Happy to have thanks you here, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. Tell us where you're. I, I just kind of gave it away. You're from Tonga, but uh, specifically, what town? Uh, so I'm from. So my my dad is from Mavao. So it's a little island off the main island of Tonga. Okay. Uh, and yeah, my my mom's from the main island, Tafua. Uh, so yeah. Very good. When did you learn about rugby? Like, what is your origin story with rugby? Did you pick up a ball very early on, or was it something later in life? Yeah, it was just something that I, like, learned at a very young age back in mm-hmm. Ireland because I was born in Tonga. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we knew was rugby, really. There was no other sports. <laughs> and then <laughs> right. uh, yeah, carried it carried it on over in uh, New Zealand when I moved over. So, yeah. Sure. Um, you're very funny on Instagram. I get a kick out of your, your <laughs> posts and stuff like that. So where do you get your sense of humor from? Is that from your, your family or where does that come from? 
Oh, man, I, I honestly don't know. It's just, I think it's just a part of me. And, like, for me, life's too short to be serious. So yes. Make the most of it and be funny wherever you, wherever you are. And uh, mm. my partner, my partner loves that stuff too. So just <laughs> loves to have a giggle. So. Very good. I think when when me and my family get around each other, we turn into all comedians. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of funny. Like especially when I get to know somebody. Most of the time, I'm like really shy around new people and stuff like that. But I, I consider myself like a comedian amongst my family. We always try to crack each other up and stuff like that. So I really, I really appreciate that sense of humor that you have. Um, is this your first time in the United States when you you came over for the Free Jacks? Yeah, it's my very first time. Uh, just seeing. The United States on TV and stuff. It was, it's, and then sure. you get the experience. Of it, it's, it's surreal. Yeah. What's your impressions of the Boston area? Oh man, um, uh, people are really nice. To be honest, I like, it wasn't what I like. I expected it to be, what I see on TV and stuff back home, and sure. everybody's like, got guns out and scaring you and stuff. But it's not like, <laughs> uh, got over here. And, yeah, there's a lot of nice people out there, man, and it's uh, it's cool to experience snow as well. <laughs> it's very yeah. cold. Yes, uh, something different for me. Very different. I'm used to the warm weather. I gotta tell you, like it's mostly been pretty mild this winter, Dave. Wouldn't you say that? It's like it hasn't been as cold as you would typically have in New England, right? It's yeah. There's been some cold stretches. I think mm-hmm. part of it. Last year was really cold. The guys right. who showed up like last January <laughs> had like a month stretch where it was like below freezing almost <clears throat> constantly. Yes. So I think yeah. this year's this year's a little nicer than last year. Last year mm-hmm. was brutal. Mm-hmm. When I first moved here, and this was 13 years ago at this point, I had never driven in snow before. Like the Southerners just don't do that. Like if it snows, everybody just stays home. We don't deal with it until it melts essentially. Um, so there was like a blizzard every other like week. And so I had to learn quickly how to drive in it. Just like, you know, Southerners, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Southerners in the United States are scared of snow guys. They will never admit to it, but they're absolutely terrified of snow. So uh, it was something to get used to for sure. Um, tell us about your partner. She's over here with you. Um, how nice has it been to have her with you over here in the United States? Uh, it helps a lot eh, to um, have someone with you that, um, <laughs> That's like supporting you throughout the journey and stuff, um, mm-hmm. especially her, because uh, I think it would have been hard if I came by myself, and, yeah. uh, trying to settle in somewhere uh, totally different and uh, that I've never been to before and so far away from home as well. Um, it's been really nice over here for the last two months. And now uh, this is her last month, so I'm going to be a wreck, I'm going to be crying in bed <laughs> right. every night. <laughs> well, hang in but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it should be all right. But now, yeah, it's, it's been really good. Good, that's that's great. So I'm glad to hear. That. Yeah, I, I hope uh, more you know future free decks that do come over from other places are able to have that same opportunity. It seems like it would be an easier transition if you bring somebody over with you for sure. Um, my mom, I was telling my mom that you're going to be on the show, and she had a question for you because I was I was telling her that you're from Tonga. How far of a yeah flight is it to get from where you started whether it be tonga or new zealand to get to boston how many hours was that uh so are you saying from tonga to the states or yeah so um did you leave from tonga to get Uh, um, to boston uh the flight no so we were 
so I'm, I'm I'm based in New Zealand now, and okay, uh, right. I haven't been back to Tonga since uh, I left. But um, prior to coming over here, I had to go over to Fiji uh, just okay. to get some visa stuff sorted in that, mm-hmm. uh, just to get an embassy over there, the US embassy. Okay. And uh, the flight from Fiji was about, uh, I don't know, it was like 12, 14 hours, something like that. I could not imagine. Yeah, it was it was a pretty long flight. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a nervous flyer. I, I don't know. You know, some people on this show already are aware of that. I don't think I can do it, man. Like, I think six yeah. is probably my maximum for sure. <laughs> yeah, when you start bugging out. Yeah. Did you yeah. Did you sleep at all, or were you awake the whole time? Oh, uh, it was like on and off. So yeah. I fall asleep and I wake up and try to stretch. The legs were going up like this on the seats and all, and Follow in front of me, put a seat back, and trying to get comfortable. And yeah, it was it was it was not enjoyable. At all. <laughs> I bet so. But here I am. Yeah, yeah, you made it. Thank goodness. Yeah, glad you're you here it. for sure. Um, do you think the MLR? Did you follow it all the MLR last season? If so, what do you think? What did you think last season about MLR? If you saw it? Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of. Uh, videos and stuff last year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, I knew Mike back home as well, Mike Rogers, mm-hmm. yep. um, and he he brought up the idea of coming over here as well. And then I I had a little look on on the MLR page and then, and I, I thought it was pretty cool um, how <laughs> it's grown grown over here as well in the states. I thought it was just in France, England, and uh, Japan right. and New Zealand, but it's gone world worldwide, which is cool. So I thought I'd love to come and try it out. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, made the choice to come over here for sure. My next question actually involves Mike Rogers. Uh, he described you as being equally at home playing lock and blind. Uh, excuse me, blindside flanker. Um, do you have one that you would like? Pref- you know, prefer? Do you prefer one or the other? Um, I actually don't mind, eh? Uh, Wherever they put me, I'll just go there and play. <laughs> <laughs> do my best. <laughs> how do you think you'd do out at like center or fly half? You think you'd be okay with that if they told you you're, uh, you're gonna, they're going to put you in there? there? Oh, yeah. I'd love to try it center, eh? Yeah. Right. I don't know if I have the speed, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Get a few run ups, right? Bump a yeah, couple yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I used to play lock for the most part. I always wanted to play eight man because yeah, but I was fast enough to to play eight man. So yeah, I w- that was always a dream of mine. But I never that never took place. They, my, the coach would see me sprinting. They'd be like, "There's no way this guy's gonna play eight man. We'll just put him in the second row, and, and you know, give him the the gold you know thumbs up there." Uh, you scored your first MLR try in the San Diego game. What was going through your mind when you touched the ball down for the try? Oh man, we um, I was I was pretty happy. I was really happy with that, but um, we were kind of behind on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get up and go again and um, see what the team can do. Uh, hopefully, hopefully try and score some more points, uh, get the boys up. Awesome. Yeah, I was really happy with that try. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. good. It was a good look. It was a good one. Play for sure. I wanted to go ahead and you know let Dave take over, but I appreciate your time. 
sweet. Uh, awesome to have you here. I'm really excited. Uh, I love that you get to play two positions where you have opportunities to steal the ball. So which one I want to know is more fun, stealing the ball in the line out up in the air or poaching the ball when you're playing back row, you know, at a breakdown, taking the ball away at a tackle. What do you enjoy more? Oh, poaching definitely gets you gets your adrenaline going, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, once you get one, one, one the game, you feel untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you get the adrenaline rush when you get a steal ball for rack or something. Just gets definitely. you pumping. All right. Uh, thinking about lineouts, any advice for jumpers on getting up fast or getting a good clean catch? Like, what's some good coaching you got as a lineout jumper, you know, about getting up quickly? Oh, man. Um, I, I try not load up too much. Um, light hands in the air. Yeah. Try stay straight as you can. and You got to have strong core as well. So. <laughs> It comes takes in a handy. lot of work. I'd rather stay on the ground. I'm happy lifting. I'll, I'll stay down there all day. That's fine. Give me the lifter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you hope he can jump, says uh, Tavita. I love it. Um, speaking of, we've got a nice small little Tongan contingent on the Free Jacks. We joke a lot about how many Canadian players are, there are, but there are three Tongan players as well. Taniela, Tavita, and yourself. You have been capped for the Tongan team. They both played U20s. Is it nice to have, you know, a little group of Tongan guys to hang out with and socialize? No, yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of helps, eh, to know that you've got some Tongan brothers in the team can mingle with um i don't know about to be the solely but i know Taniela's really <laughs> Taniela's uh, my favorite right now to be the solid uh pissing me off at the moment yeah <laughs> yeah trolling your interview but, uh, messing yeah. with you on the live stream you gotta love it yeah um no, i just love having that the boys here so that's great good and how does how does Paula fit in as the Fijian? Is it like the friendly, you know, like you're in, you're out, like we're giving you a hard time? Nah, nah, just kidding. Come over. Is it a lot of that? Nah, nah, he fits in real well. That's good. Um, yeah, Mana fits in real well. He's just part of the boys. I think Erie Islander gets along with any Islander, so <laughs> that's the that's the go. That's great. You love to see it. Um, can you teach us a little like Tongan, like a phrase? If, if somebody on my team put a big hit on somebody, right? Like how, yeah. what would I say if I wanted to say like, nice hit, good job? Like what's something I could say? I think this one's, uh, one of the boys favorite one. Cause Nella always says it at training, but it's, uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I love that. All right. We'll try to, yeah, man. Let's try to get it. Hope hope we get to say it, you know, sometime before too long. It's always uh, always exciting. Um, pretty physical league MLR is. We've heard, you know, a lot of big impacts. Um, the the pace is high, and in a lot of ways, it's just a lot more of that, you know, head on bashing than um, some other leagues that people have come from. So you take a battering. How do you relax and recover after a tough match? Like what's your recovery day like? Oh man, just try and um, get the blood flowing again. Uh, just 
nothing too physical. Uh, go to sauna or something, go to the pools. Um, try to get on in the in the gym, do some light stretching and stuff. Yeah. Jump on a normal tech. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that the physios give us to, and the um, and the staff that give they give us to recover well for the upcoming week. Nice. Get some movement. Get your nutrition right. Make sure every, yeah, yeah, you're doing everything yeah. everybody's telling you to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you do that after uh, you come back from Mecca's feeling guilty and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, any favorite movies or TV? You a big TV guy, or do you have other hobbies that you do? What do you do to relax uh, for fun? I mean, oh, yeah, I watch a little bit of. Oh, right now I'm watching uh, Breaking Bad. So. Ooh. I'm into the last season, and it's pretty nice. good. So it's one of the best, right getting there. Getting right into it. Yeah, man. Yeah, Classic. my father is sick of it now, so she's trying to – she's going on TikTok and stuff now. <laughs> right. She's like, go ahead and put it on. I've got I've got my phone. There you go. That's great. Uh, well, popular TV right now, The Last of Us, we got uh, you know some zombie stuff going on. So if you were in a zombie apocalypse, society is collapsing, you got to survive somehow. What's your weapon of choice? How are you gonna, you know, get from one house to the next, protecting yourself from the zombies? Oh, what do you think? Um, probably go with a machete. Machete. Machete and yeah, and a shotgun. I like it. <laughs> just just if I run out of bullets, you know, you just swing the machete away. Love myself around. Good stuff. I like that's a good that's a powerful combo. Absolutely. Awesome. Sure. Well that's it for me. I'm sure Phil has a couple more things. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on to talk to us. Uh, thank you. Uh Dave, did you ask the favorite restaurants or foods? I don't think you got Oh, that one, I'd right? skip that yeah. one. You're right. Yeah. Any uh how, well, you already mentioned the Maccas. Uh any favorite American <laughs> food or restaurants? What's your vice? What's hard to stay away? Oh. Um, I think Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers are that's good, are delicious. Yeah. Yep, I've been there yep. a couple of times now, so um, their burgers are pretty fresh, and uh, I like it there. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good one. Hard to beat a good cheeseburger. My daughter just started yeah. eating cheeseburgers, and I'm so happy because she just didn't <laughs> like them before. But now she's like, yeah, I'll have a cheeseburger. We can go anywhere with a cheeseburger. And that's, you know, 80% of the restaurants in the United States. So mm-hmm. for like, sure. Done. Good. You can get you can eat a cheeseburger anywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. Wahlburgers has an excellent um, vegan option there. So Caitlin and I have been there quite a few times. So yeah, I highly recommend that for people. And I think there's one kind of close to Fort Quincy. It's maybe about like a five mile uh, drive. It's in um, Hingham, right on the coast there, uh, right on the water. So yeah, uh, folks, if you want to check that out prior to a game, I highly recommend it. Um, I did want to ask, you know, you've got the flow going on in the back. Samisi, are you con- going to continue to keep that? Are you going to get it like shoulder length, or what? What's the deal? Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm going to keep it on. <laughs> keep it on until the end of the season. See how how far we can go with it. That's uh, it. Won't be as nice as Eagles, but I, I mean, I mean nobody's as nice as the Eagles. Yeah, who you can know, compete you can't with compare that? Yourself really. there. No, there's no competition. Yeah, last year I grew a uh, a mullet for charity, and I dyed it blonde. I I had like sides that were blue and red. It was wild, man. 
I kind of miss it to be honest with you. I, I would I would do it again, but I just don't. I don't know. You know, I, I'm I'm 38 now. It's a little bit too old for a mom. Oh, no. I think you know. <laughs> so, no, you only live once, man. That's true. That's true. It's a great point. Maybe I'll start growing it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's all it took. Just That's all it took. A little bit of, bit of arm yeah. twist the back. <laughs> that was it. I'm, it. I'm back on board, baby. Mullet Phil's coming back. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you being on here. Do you have any message for the Free Jacks fans, the Rangers out there? You know, obviously the home is going to be taking place on Saturday. Yeah, you have any message for the fans? Oh man, uh, just keep turning up. Uh, keep backing the Free Jacks. Uh, so we're going to have a great season this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't wait for this Saturday. Uh, I know the boys are going to put on a show for you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, can't wait to see you all there. Bring the kids, bring the family. Come make some noise, man. I uh, love it. Yeah, and shout out to the 101 Pleasant Boys. I know you're probably some of them <laughs> are watching right now. <laughs> I go to sleep because it's training tomorrow. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Excellent. Thanks Excellent. for having me on the show, man. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on here. We say one word to get out of here. I said it at the beginning. I'm sure you know what it is at this point. In three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah, Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with a good friend of the show. He helped us get this whole thing started. He is Scott, the big guy Ferrara. Scott, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, Phil. Can't complain. Really, you know, we're in the what week four of the MLR season, yep. and uh, it's 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 great, dude. It's just great. Yeah, it's it's great to have MLR back for sure. Your uh, your uh, iron workers, I almost said roosters, uh, but your iron workers are doing really really well so far. And that's what we you know wanted to talk to you about. You are our New York correspondent, so wanted to get you back on here. But first, tell us about the rugby rant and rooster booster time. How's that going? Sure, it's going great. Um, yeah, so Rugby Rant, uh, we, we do our interviews on Mondays drop. Thursdays, the rant actually drops, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on both those days. Then actually, we ended up switching Rooster Booster time because obviously we're no longer the Roosters. So now it's break time with the big guy and Grand Poobah. And uh, we have the Ironworkers fans come in, and that's every Thursday at uh, 7 p.m. And usually we try to player. We talk uh, preview uh, the next matchup coming. And then we also do a preview show at the beginning of every match. We try to, if me and Mike can ever get it together, but it's great. Does Mike actually live in New York state or is this just like a psyop that he actually like lives in the (laughs) middle of nowhere, somewhere in the middle of the country? Like, you know, I've never seen him come to a game. Does he, has has he ever been to a game? Yes, he he has been to a game. I think he went to four matches last year, which I mean, half the home matches, but he does live about three and a half hours away. So, you know, that is quite a ride, especially since we're on Sundays. Um, and you know he also plays rugby too, so if he's at a tournament and stuff like that, you know it's sure. rough. But yeah, he, he no, he does go. Very good, very good. Um, you were on this show in the off season talking about New York's new drafted players and their new off season acquisition. Tell us about the danger men that the Jacks need to be aware of this time around with this Iron Workers squad. Well, it's funny. Pago Piney made his uh, great return after tearing his hamstring. I think it was around week four last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have a, a, a great set of loose forwards uh, with Pago, Brendan O'Connor, Clara Pryor, and, and now Brad Tucker, you know, coming from the Seawolves. So, I mean, we have a very um, experienced group. You know, Brad Tucker's been in the league since 2018. Mm-hmm. Pago, you know, was in the league with the Guiltinis uh, two years prior, so he has a ton of experience. And last year was Brendan O'Connor's first season, but he comes with a lot of experience from New Zealand. So, you know, I think it's it's that's, that's 
that loose forwards, one, all those guys can be started on pretty much any team. But because we have these guys now that can start and play in reserve, it gives you that little extra oomph in the 60th minute when you need it. Absolutely. Pago, a former Free Jack prior to um, the actual MLR seasons for uh, the Free Jacks. I think he participated in the Cold War against New York back in the day, yes. which is an right. interesting storyline. And, you know, he's a great player. Uh, shame that we couldn't keep hold of him. But we've got some pretty good loose forwards ourselves nowadays. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're pretty stacked in that position for sure. Tell us about New York's season so far and what has stood out to you about their on-field play. Well, they, you know, obviously, uh, two and one, uh, two two big wins at home um, with a stellar defensive home defense. You know, they went into that first game against Seattle, and Seattle was raring to go. You yes. know, they've been waiting six months to get their revenge. You know, there's a lot of juice in that team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, traveling from East Coast all the way out to Starfire Week One is kind of tough. So I kind of expected sure. that result. Um, you know, there were mishandling mistakes, you know, things like that. Um, then we go into playing a Toronto team, which unfortunately lost, I think, all of their fly halves. Um, and they were playing with an emergency fly half. Wow. Time, which, yeah, so inexperienced, you know, his kicks were off. The, the, the You know, he was getting the ball and not getting it out quick enough. And that's not saying he's not a good rugby player, but it, it, that is something to go on. And then during that match, they lost one of their winners to a head injury, a vicious head injury. Luckily, he knocked on wood. He's okay. But when you're already yes. down amount of backs that's tough and then again I, I gotta be honest the last two weeks have been kind of circumstantial wins in my opinion but they won them the way they're supposed to win them right so mm-hmm. OGs came off a bye and then had to travel to New York right so that's mm-hmm. kind of already throwing your game off but those are the games you can't win tight you have to have convincing wins against weaker opponents when they're weak at the time exactly. that's not a knock on those teams yeah. I think going in, into the, the, the weekend you know the free jacks are playing the OGs it's going to be a little bit different now that they're off that bye week you know so it, New York's handling their business, especially in the Eastern Conference. It's a great way to describe it. They're definitely handling their business, as we expected over here at the Jacks Rangers show. I think all of us knew that New York would be in the mix for the playoffs again, and probably one and two, as we've talked about previously with the Free Jacks, mm-hmm. uh, when it all shakes out in the end for the Eastern Conference. So it is annoying that you guys are so good. Uh, you know, we want to we want to give you guys shit as much as possible, but uh, it's a well respected team, and they they're well mm-hmm. put together by uh, Stephen Lewis as the general manager. And you know, it's just it's a shame that you guys are so good. I wish you were the New York. Knicks, but you're actually, I, but you're actually like the giant, uh, the um, uh, Yankees. I'm sorry, I've been up since five thirty in the morning, Scott. It's it's been hell. It's been hell. And by the way, the the color back here, that's Carolina UNC blue. So Ooh. I'm gonna have to paint that yeah. as soon as possible. It could be worse. It could be uh, Clemson's orange. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we lucked out on that, I guess, to a certain extent. But um, let's talk about the identity of this New York uh, team this season. What type of rugby do they ideally want to play? Is it the same as what Marty uh, Beal had uh, going? Um, it's a little more free-flowing. Now, don't get me wrong. They always want to be great in their set pieces. But I think they're, they, if you look at it, they, they do a lot of these pop passes. And their, their identity this year is nothing's a mistake. Even if you make a mistake, it's not a mistake, right? Because you're trying to get the big guy to go through. Shout out to Chris Land. Always love uh, talking with him uh, online. For sure. Um, great fan of the Free Jacks. I appreciate you, buddy. Hopefully I'll see you in New York. Um, but so it's it's not that they're playing mistake free, but that don't let the mistakes get you down. You're going to have handling errors. You're going to have, you know, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to lose your feet in a scrum, but you know, set up for the next one to make that move to score a try. So I think it's more free flowing than it was last season. And, you know, that spells trouble for some teams if they can't handle it. 
That's a very, very good point there for sure. I think the Free Jacks, you know, they're they're just kind of doing the same thing with their their current mm-hmm. head coach, Scott Matthew. They want to do that transition type of uh, attack to where, you know, they they uh, they kick away and then they try they try to get the opposition to make a mistake and then maybe a little bit more free-flowing in the back this time around. But we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. I mean, obviously, obviously Bodine Waka not there anymore. Uh, got Jason Potras at the fly-out position. So um, they look okay, the Free Jacks do, but I think uh, New York has, has shown you know, you guys have one uh, game in hand on us. That you're definitely the class of the conference once again, and we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Of course, at the end. But uh, on this show in the off season, in the way too early prediction for the New York Ironworkers Professional Rugby Football Club of the Union Code, you had picked that they would be 11 and five. Are you sticking with this prediction? Or are you are you changing it at that at this point? I think I'm going to still stick with that position. Um, you know, they're kind of light on scrum halves. Unfortunately, Conrick Mann has been injured the last three weeks. He got injured in the first week against Seattle with a really bad hamstring pull, um, or excuse me, a quad pull. Um, so coming in, you have Connor Buckley. Obviously, um, him and Connor were kind of, Connor Buckley and Connor McManus were kind of, you know, neck and neck for the starting position, but it's after him where you have guys like Eamon Matthews, who's a, a little less experienced. Uh, Eamon comes from the 404, Atlanta, ATL 404, um, okay. um, by, by that way. Um, coming up here, he's a New York guy, so he came home. But, you know, Nick Feeks, again, another guy who's coming off an ACL tear from last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's there slow rolling his progress out. He could be a, a scrum half for us. And then Christian Rodriguez, another one who's not who's signed with the team, but unfortunately not with the team due to some other reasons at this point. Um, again, so we're kind of light in the scrum half position. So I'm going to say, you know, again, we talk, rugby is a game of attrition. And if, if, if we lose another scrum half, we're going to be looking to sign somebody because we're in trouble. Yeah, didn't the Toronto Arrows go through like nine uh, scrum halves last season? Let's hope that's not the case yeah. for you guys for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Free Jacks do have a lot of depth this year. That's something that the coaching staff has talked about for sure. You know, wanting to build up the depth in certain positions, and it's definitely shown that they they went out and did exactly that. Especially at hooker, center position, loose forward. Uh, there's a lot of talent, but uh, I mean, you're only so good as like if two guys go down. Like you really, really have to make sure that that depth is there. And, Absolutely. Uh, Otherwise, uh, you're, you might be in a bad position for sure. Uh, what are some travel recommendations and tips that you can provide the Rangers that will be making the trip to Mount Vernon, New York? Okay, so if you are traveling via Amtrak, you have two options. You can go all the way to Grand Central, or you can make a stop in New Rochelle, and then take in the same station, take the Metro North Station, one exit, um, excuse me, two exits, no, Mount Vernon East. Two exits down, uh, one exit down to Pelham, which is what our local guys take. Um, so you take them down to Pelham, and you, it's about a mile walk to the stadium through the city of Pelham, which is a really nice city. Essentially, straight down the road, hang right up to the highway, and you're there. Um, if you're looking for hotels, um, you could do, you know, the Bronx. You could do Nurshell has a nice Radisson there. Um, that's about ten minutes away from the stadium. Um, parking, if you're driving down, there's two minutes lots. There's a Best Buy right across the street from the stadium and a Target right across the street from the stadium. You are allowed to tailgate. No open flame. No open flame. Uh, okay. Um, coming in, it's cash only for most of the stuff except for the, the merch net. All there right. is no ATM on site, so make sure you have cash with you. Um, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of, of stores and storefronts in the area, so if you don't have any, you can walk to a few if you need cash. Um, but other than that, it's easy on, easy off of one of the parkways on the Hutchinson River Parkway. So if you're coming down, actually, so for you guys, if you come down to 95, you can take the Merritt where it starts and that will take you all the way down about 500 feet to the in front of the stadium. So 
Gotcha. Very good. I appreciate that tip, man. That, that's a great one. I'm not sure if anybody was aware that it's a cash only unless it's the merch stamp, which free gets, you know, we're not going to be buying y'all's merch. I mean, so it's gotten a lot better. I mean, you guys are copying with the collars, you know, <laughs> by the way, the free jacks originally, uh, you know, the number one uh, collar team uh, originals. So, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the most important question of this interview. Will you be making the trip up to Fort Quincy in April to see your New York, New York, uh, excuse me, New York, uh, IT workers face off against the mighty free jacks. Well, first off, if you call an iron worker in the local, an IT worker, they might have something to say about that. <laughs> I'm trying my, I'm trying my best to come up there. I know my wife has a previous engagement. I'm trying to work out coming up there. Um, nice. but I will definitely let you guys know because I, you know, hopefully we can get together beforehand and hopefully it's not the crazy weather we had two years ago. Cause man, that was, that's, that's a game to remember. Yeah, for sure. That was wild, man. It was pouring down rain at certain points. I remember that. Uh, it was so great to see you there. Obviously, the Free Jacks getting the win in that uh, particular mm -hmm. contest. But yeah, it's always great to to interact with you for sure. I won't be making the trip down this time to New York. I'm saving up for the Seattle trip. Uh, but uh, maybe next year. That's a good sure. trip to go on. Listen, I, I'm saved up and I'm going to the, the to the Chicago trip, you know, to visit the camera out there. Yes. So I'm also doing PR sevens in July. I'm doing nice. So I've got one of I'm doing another rugby trip for somebody else and I can't remember. Shoot. Um, so yeah, listen, it's the the good part about the Eastern Conference is a lot of us are so close for a drive That's that true. you can say, I want to go out to Seattle and save some money. And then if you have the ability to shoot down to New York, it's not a bad thing. If not, guess what? You watch it on TRN or you watch it on Nest. That's what you know, absolutely that's how it works. I want to go ahead and announce that we are doing a watch-along event uh, for that game against New York. So I think myself and maybe Bozo, anybody that wants to jump on will be able to do this. We'll probably do it right through this app. So um, we'll be watching the game That's in the nice. background and kind of commentating about what's taking place. So it should be a good time. Really looking forward to that. Uh, let me see here. Does New York win this game against the Free Jacks? How, well, actually, excuse me, how do they win? I would say this is this is what's been working well for us now. If you if you look at uh, James Dealey, the MLR stack guy, you'll see that Ed Fidal is number one and Andrew Coe is number four in meters gained. Mm. But the, for the points this season, they're not up there. And what's happening is a lot of defenses are focusing to bring them down, right? So they're they're taking two defenders to bring that down. But what's that doing is opening up the guy for yeah. a quick pass, or it's 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 creating those gaps in the defense as you go to the next phase. And when you get it far out, all of a sudden, Andrew Coe's now open up the other side, things like that. So I think if New York can exploit that and have Ed Fidel hard charging and Andrew Cole hard charging and taking two guys to the ground with them, that will then open up a couple passing lanes that wouldn't necessarily be there. Yes, for sure. That that's interesting to think about. I mean, I really, really hope that uh, the Free Jacks once again go down there and get another win against New York. But it's going to be tough, man. You guys are very, very good. Always are. So there's that there's that respect there. Obviously, we don't like you guys, but there's a respect level. It's, what is that uh, saying? Um, what is it? Anchorman? He's like. I hate you, but God damn it, I respect you or whatever it is. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so true with this rivalry for sure. Uh, what is your score prediction for the game? What do you think? How is, how's it going to shake out? Honestly, so you got to give yeah, – if, if, if you guys are coming down here, you got to give New York plus three for the home field, right? This is Yeah. Okay. So, honestly, I would say plus uh, – or minus five, rather. Uh, minus three for home field and then a two-point spread at the end. It comes down to a conversion. It comes down to a weird play, you know, maybe an unconverted try to, to bring that score to five. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be hard charging rugby, and I'm super excited. 
it's going to be a great time for sure. Uh, wish I could make it down there, but like I said, I got uh, priorities on the West Coast that I have to to shake out, of course. But uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Rangers down there. We we brought a lot of people last time, boy. It was a great come, time. come by, come see me. I'm in. I'm in, I sit in section six. I'll be on the field pregame doing my pregame stuff. If you see me walk around, stop me, grab a picture, shake my hand, introduce yourself if I haven't met you. So, you know, let's let's do that. Absolutely. Um, Chris that. is calling me out. Chris is calling me out. I didn't give an actual score prediction. So what we do on break time is I usually give the spread. Um, I'll, I'll do a Mikey a Mikey Carazzini here. Um, I'll say it's oh, the over under is going to be definitely forty, and I'm going to say rugby New York twenty eight, Free Jacks twenty three. Okay. All right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it for sure. I didn't even notice that you did not provide a score prediction. That is how I, again, I I've been moving all day, guys. I've been up three flights of stairs with all of the heavy stuff. So I, I don't even know what planet I'm on right now. So yeah, this is, this is great. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you coming on here. Any message for the Rangers out there? Uh, just listen, hopefully you guys can get down here. Hopefully I can get up there. Um, listen, it's, it, the, the thing that drives this league is ticket sales. Get out and get your tickets to the Rangers. Get out and follow them when they're wherever they're playing. So that way it's helping out the other team get ticket sales. The way we're gonna make money and, and drive what we want to do in the MLR is ticket sales, ticket sales, ticket sales. Get your friends out there, get your family out there and buy some tickets. It's a great way to put it for sure. You know, we've talked to a lot of staff and also players of the Free Jacks, and they're always mentioning bring somebody that's never been to a game and stuff like that. I think that's absolutely important. Uh, and we've real got quick, a, I believe yeah, go did you guys did you guys get a code for a discount tickets coming down here? Yes, sir. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, awesome. Same thing as last year. So that that code's out there on the Facebook pages. If you guys aren't aware, go to the First Regiment. If you're not uh, already uh, on there, we will add you. And it should be pinned uh, at the very, very top of the Facebook group nice. to get your discounted tickets to that game. Hopefully, you know, we have maybe 30 or 40, maybe even more. That'd be fantastic. I think that'd be a great, great thing. You know, it's so close. It's, it's great that we are so close together with you guys. So I think it's great to have the away fans. I would really love to see some uh, New York Ironworker fans coming mm-hmm. up to the april 30th game that'd be a great i time. think my buddy lecky is coming up there um and usually he usually brings his, his parents they're big supporters um but yeah i'm gonna try and gather the troops so we can get up there in april sounds good man i'm gonna go to sleep so i'm gonna i've got one word <laughs> for everybody in three two one huzzah huzzah rangers this is phil harris here at the jacks rangers show i am joined with my brother david mcveigh we call him diamond dave dave how the hell are you i am excellent excellent how are you doing? Uh, you know, not too bad. I'm in my new apartment. Uh, the the move could have gone better, but um, I'll tell you one thing: the old tenant sure loved the smell of cat piss. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's never fun. No, never fun. Uh, so yeah, but uh, all moved into the new granite outpost. Um, yeah, so uh, should should happier days ahead. Hopefully, um, going forward. Of course, we had a great time down there at Fort Quincy um, on Saturday when the Free Jacks opened up. Uh, the home schedule against our hated rivals. And and I really feel like this show, and, and me specifically, like really embraced this rivalry that we should have with DC. Yeah. And boy, it got really chippy out onto the pitch. I feel like yeah. it really is starting to feel like a rivalry. What did you think, Dave, just of the your overall experience at the home opener at Fort Quincy? Um, yeah, let's get into that first. Yeah, yeah. I well, in terms of experience at the at the stadium, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was so exciting to get back, and I knew that there were going to be some new things there. 
the Explorers Club that they debuted for kids was mm-hmm. excellent. I mean, it was a home run. They had inflatable, um, like, drop goal kicking setup. Um, and then they have a uh, passing with John. It's great because it's John Poland throwing the pass, and then but you throw the pass right into his hands. Oh, that's uh, cool. Like a little reverse time warp. It's great, though. It's really showing you how to pass. It makes a great image because you can see it's like him right at the point of release of the ball. That's uh, awesome. My kids, my kids did it. Samisi Baya was there, like Love coaching. That. He, you know, my daughter kicked the ball a couple times and was kind of like not feeling it. It was cold. I think she was a little embarrassed. It's you know, mm. there's people everywhere. It's hard to be like, yeah, I'll be the one who kicks the ball. Sure. Yeah. Samisi came right over. He's like, no, 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 just, just do this. Look here, hold it here, drop <laughs> it, kick it on the end, and he just booped one right through. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. Love it. And. You know, she took another took another crack at it. Boom! Right between the uprights, she turns around beaming. I mean, it's exactly what you want. Yes, like that is that is the ideal outcome. Kids coming who are like rugby's neat. Um, this is fun, but I don't know if I'm gonna do mm-hmm. it. And then two minutes later, they're like, "This is great! I'm a rugby player." Um, the volunteers. <laughs> exactly what we want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the mission. The the volunteers from Harvard and Beantown women's clubs were excellent at getting the kids engaged. They worked really hard. Uh, there were good activities, just like some simple coloring and simple is good for stuff like that. Um, you know, some some simple things. They also had trivia and like a roster sheet for mm-hmm. kids to fill out. Um, so just like a lot of activities. And tip I got straight from Mags. If you're there and you have that. Um, card that you filled out you could get a swag bag my kids got water bottles and some stickers i mean all sorts of really great stuff um hang on to those cards because toward the end of the season they might they might have a promotion or something where they're asking people hey of kids obviously Mm -hmm. who's got you know who's got their explorer passes from this you know each match this season so hang on to those i mean it was it was great overall the brass band was cool they lined all the kids up in the kids area and brought them behind the stadium. And then for five minutes, the band just like vamped and played music. Players were dancing. I took a video. Mags was back there with, with his gang. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Everybody had a blast. The kids enjoyed the parade. All that was just, it was excellent. So, I mean, hats off to them in, in terms of all the kids and family engagement yeah. that they've done really it was already great and they've really stepped it up to a new level this year you know you expect improvement from the free jacks organization and and of course the bare minimum that they do is more than sufficient to begin with because they're just so far ahead of the game i feel like a lot of other teams are just now starting to embrace the way that the free jacks do their business because the free jacks are you know, build community so well and have done it so for so long now uh, and, and are just ahead of the game for sure. So it's great to see the improvements are taking place. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, getting into the stadium was a little hectic, but at the same time, you know, people were getting their credentials and stuff like that. Yep. There was a line there, so it took a little bit longer. But now that you got the credentials, you don't have to worry about that going forward. You can just scan with those as, as a season ticket holder. Um, Bozo's doing recon for us. He's letting us know that we're live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Did not see Instagram. Um, but uh, might want to check Twitch, uh, Bozo, just to be 100% sure. Yeah. Forgot check my classic out. Bozo 6 has entered the chat. All right, there we go. <laughs> he always uh, leads with it. He always leads with that. He does, for um, sure. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was they had more beer vendors, and I know there are going to yes. be more beer vendors still, just from watching Twitter mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. fan interactions with Mags and and other people. Um, 
one one thing I will say that could be could be addressed is the women's bathroom runs out of toilet paper every match, and it okay. the b- bigger the match, the earlier it runs out of toilet paper. Hmm. That means that women, including mothers who might have daughters with them, say my wife and our five year old who need to use the mm-hmm. bathroom in the second half, have to wade into the questionable ocean of porta potties. Right. And there was a lot of urine all over everything. Now I get it. It's a sports match. It's dirty. People are drunk. But let me just make an appeal. Gentlemen, even if you're drunk, if you like having women at the rugby game as well mm-hmm. who sit down when they pee, you may not know mm-hmm. that, but they actually sit down when they pee. Try not to urinate all over the toilet seat. Just make an effort. There's a urinal right there. Maybe use that. And a second thing, bring your beer can out of the porta potty with you when you go in. Just Makes a couple sense. notes. Or, you know, I don't know how much it would cost to pay somebody by the hour to wipe down porta potty seats, but it might be worth it. Um, yeah. And other than that, no complaints. There was a little bit of a bathroom roulette for a little while with a five year old trying to find a place where uh, she could use the bathroom. But generally, I had an incredible experience. My family mm-hmm. had a great time. We got the huzzas going. It yes. was really good was to be great. back. Uh, it was a lot of energy. My kids were joining in. Uh, they got a lamp. We got the lantern to hold up now. We got props. So I mean, it was it was incredible. Really, really fun to be back in Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy. Well, Jim Jordan saying, speaking of beer cans, I would like to see them being recycled. Ooh. I kind of didn't really think about that. But, yeah, I'm a big recycler myself. I, I We didn't have any – Caitlin and I didn't have a drop of alcohol when we came in. We, we kind of <laughs> got there a little bit late because we were still moving. We had to clean yeah. the old place, you know. And so uh, we, we left directly from there to come to the game. And we were we got maybe, you know, about 15 minutes before kickoff. So we just, you know, beeline directly – to um, our seats and we didn't have a drop of alcohol but that is that's interesting yeah there should definitely be recycling areas around the uh the venue because uh the free jacks uh, again leading the way with the one percent yeah uh profit uh going to the earth uh um you know that's one of the things that they do so that should definitely be a thing uh that's that's definitely a great uh collective or or uh, not collective criticism, but constructive criticism yes. is the word that I'm looking or the phrase that I'm looking for. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm going to say something right now. And I said this in, in the, in private with the outrider chat, and I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to be the bad guy here. I don't <laughs> like the brass band. I don't like it. No, I don't like the type of music it is. I think it's off brand. I, and people are just going to roast me. I understand, but sometimes you just got to, you know, you got to stand up for what you believe in. And I'm not a fan. I don't know if um, any of those people can play the fife and drums because that's kind of what <laughs> I would like to hear, um, you know, and be more on brand. Like, what yeah. are we, New Orleans? Are we France? Like, I just I don't think, get it, man. I hear you, but I would I would counter with two things. One, I think a brass band can bring a lot of energy. Now, I will say they needed a mic at halftime when they were down mm. there and on the field. If they'd had a mic down there to just pipe it a little bit louder to the stadium, I think it would have gone a lot better. Yeah. Um, but uh, brass bands are a big part of sports. I went, I took my family to a BU women's basketball game. Um, they just finished like an incredible season. Um, and there were not a ton of people there. It was like a midweek game. Uh, it mm-hmm. was during February break. So we had, we had the time to go, but there was a brass band 
And let me tell you, that brass band brought a lot of energy to that basketball game. They had a lot of fun. They had, like, traditions and goofy stuff they would do. And it really livened it up. So I, th I think that there's definitely a place for that kind of energy. And I think that, especially if you think of college sports, mm -hmm. big brass band is like a part of the college sports experience. You know, it's, sure, not, yeah. it's not totally out of the blue. Although um, it is like a, a shift this year. It's something new. The second thing I would say is it's maybe it's not for you. But yeah. the kids were okay. very sure. excited. Sure. Not to be too kid centric, but like they led the parade out, and mm -hmm. it was a it was a really good time. Um, I like that they bring some energy. That corner where the kid stuff is now can be a little bit dead pre match. There's like the merch tent, and there's a beer spot, you know. But mm -hmm. other than that, it's kind of a no man's land. Yeah. And I think the brass band lets them get some more use out of it and kind of bring the energy back up as people are coming toward the stands. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. But, uh, you know, you're entitled to not like it. Uh, for sure. And uh, I will say that it seemed like there was a huge crowd based on the the, uh, the Irish Stout Festival thing that they yeah. had prior to the game. And so that was a huge success. Um, you know, just going back to the brass band thing, like I have no problem with, you know, it being – um, you know, music involved, but I just think that it's a little bit off brand for where they probably should go. And if, if you uh, folks recall, like maybe the OGs Rangers back in the day, it, maybe it might've been for like uh, maybe the early Fort Quincy games or uh, Fort Union point games, but they had like people in the full regalia, like the, the uh, continental army get-ups wearing tricorn hats that hey, they had the uh, the um, the drums and the the five players. I don't know what happened to that. Maybe that was just too expensive or whatever. But that's what I would yeah. like to see. That's what I prefer. But I mean, the, it is what it is. A lot of those guys are probably hobbyists too. That are actually yeah. hard to get pinned down. I wonder if you know. I mean, the the brass band or it's a music group. You know, they're like a working band. It might just be more feasible that way too. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, and I'm not saying that they're bad musicians or anything like that. I'm just saying it's not for me. <laughs> no, and I think good. it's it's a it's a it's it's a, a departure of where they should be going uh, with branding and stuff like that. But that's just my personal opinion. Uh, and uh, we'll move on from there. Um, yeah, overall, fantastic uh, experience. Really enjoyed it. The crowd was pretty loud throughout the whole thing. I will say that because I guess I'm just, you know, uh, I, I'm uh, <laughs> criticizing a little bit here in this episode. I will say that, you know, in uh, the Section 5, where we normally have a lot of chants, it seemed a little bit mm -hmm. more disorganized. And boy, I wish we had uh, a more active um, fan supporter group that could kind of sort this out prior to games. Mm -hmm. Because um, in Seattle, they were uh, they did they introduced some new chants and it went extremely well. I had our, our Seattle fans sending me videos of them just absolutely crushing the new chants that they had come up with in the preseason. So wouldn't it be nice because we talk a big game about how yeah. great the atmosphere in Fort Quincy is that we could kind of organize that sort of stuff. I mean, maybe I'm asking too much. I don't know. Uh, let's move on to the actual game itself here, and I will be quiet uh, with regard to that sort of stuff. Okay, um, I put it somewhere. Oh boy, I had my little. There we go. All right, here we are. It's hiding. It's it's happening. All right, there we go. Okay, um, so I'm pulling this directly from our good friend Brian Ray, the best MLR pundit that there is, and he happens to be our Toronto correspondent. This is America's Rugby News breakdown of the game. A strong crowd at uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium turned out to watch the New England Free Jacks defeat Old Glory DC 34. 
31 on Saturday afternoon. It was a scoreline too close for comfort for the home side, who conceded a horde of penalties and three yellow cards, David. That's not good. Uh, that allowed the visitors to claw back from a 14-point deficit at halftime. Um, so what happened was uh, there was some discipline that took place. There was a problem for the Free Jacks from the start. They were pinned back on their own goal line, and they and to their credit, they were able to hold out for several minutes. After stopping a D.C. line-out drive, um, Joaquin Diaz-Bonella hit a cross kick to a waiting William Tenanelia on the right side for the first try. And I'll tell you, that kick was 100% perfect. I mean, the guy, nice. as he was moving towards the ball, didn't have to run quicker than he anticipated. He didn't have to back up. It was just absolutely on the money. Um, the extras from wide out were on target for Diaz Bonella to make it a full seven. And, you know, at that moment, I felt like, boy, I would have not predicted uh, that D.C. would score first uh, at home at Fort Quincy. Um, and I had said that um, they needed to get out to a strong start if they were going to beat the Free Jacks. So I was yeah. slightly concerned in that moment. How did you feel? Yeah, they're they're a big team. You know, we talked them up. I, I know that the Free Jacks management has talked about how impressive the changes D.C. made look and, and that they expected them to be real contenders in the East. Um, they've looked hot and cold going up you know coming into this match a little bit and you know we got dc hot i think we were talking about the rivalry earlier i i think it is a burgeoning rivalry mm -hmm. and um the reason i say that is because when when they play it is always a, a, a very physical uh, yes. highly contested match um that usually has a little bit of you know the old uh, you got something on your collar sort of business going on which we definitely saw this week with you know, players grabbing on, giving each other a little shove several different mm -hmm. times. Yeah, the the old uh, grab and make a fist with the opponent's uh, mm -hmm. jersey, and then push your your fist into their face. Yeah, exactly. So it's not I'm a not punch. punching you. Yeah, I'm yes. not punching you. I just have yeah. your jersey and I'm driving right. it into your chin, really forcefully. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right, so moving right along here, the Free Jacks wasted no time in firing back. They're uh, they didn't appear to be much on with Joe Johnston joining the line and uh, step past threatened Palamo. Um, let me see here. Teniello was forced to pitch in, leaving Paula Bellincana wide open uh, to finish down the left side. Jason Potras lined up for the con conversion, but it rang off the left upright. And uh, that was, that was pretty wild to see. I mean, that's one of those yeah. things that you're just like, ah, oh, darn, what a shame. Um, yeah. You can't even be mad sometimes, you know, it's no, like, you oh, can't. okay, yeah, yeah, I got one of those I mean, upright dingers. Yep. It's kind of it's kind of fun to see, but at the same time, you're just like, darn! I wish we had those two points. Um, right. A double blow hit New England right, uh, straight after the hydration break. First, they lost Captain Josh Larson, who dislocated a shoulder at the lineout. Yep. Just a couple minutes later, uh, Diaz Bonella knocked over a penalty goal to make it 10-5 to the visitors. Bellincana would get a double on a set move off a driving mall. Wayne Vanderbank ran a short line and burst free. And I'll tell you, he does that every – me and John Elsnod were talking about how good Wayne Derbank, uh, yeah. Vanderbank is. And we've talked about this, of course, on this show before. But, you know, every time Wayne gets the ball, he's good for at least a five-meter uh, gain line, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's he, almost automatic at this point. He runs better after contact than maybe mm -hmm. like any player in the MLR. It really yep. – watch the replay and just note that he almost never gets tackled by the first guy who hits him you know he that guy might hang on and might mm -hmm. keep his feet you know but 
uh, Wayne will get another three, four, five meters a lot of the time. And if that mm-hmm. guy slips or, or, or isn't holding on, he'll literally slip to tackle and just keep going. Uh, he fights so hard for every meter when he carries that uh, he's really fun to watch. It makes him one of my favorite players. Same here, for sure. The midfielder was eventually uh, felled, uh, but flung a superb offload to Bellincana for the score with Patras tacking on the extra two. Connor Keyes was uh, binned for cynically knocking the ball down from Tanny. Danny Tuzatala's hands while in a ruck. Old Glory went on the attack and looked to be on their way to a try. Then a pass from Jason, uh, Jameson, excuse me, Fanana Schultz was incorrectly uh, ruled forward after bouncing off the head of a New uh, England player. Uh, instead, yeah, instead, New England regained possession and on the stroke of halftime, Ben Lesage cut back across the defensive line to secure a third yeah. try. The kick from Patras made it 19-10 at the intermission. And I just wanted to, before you make a comment, I just wanted to, I, I told this to the folks in the crowd there. I was like, you know what? It feels so good while you're on a yellow card. We got a player or, or a player down right. uh, 14, 14 on 15. If you score points, whether it be just a penalty kick or a try and a conversion or whatever, that feels so good to get that points. It's, it's like hockey where you're a man down. You're on the, uh, the other teams on the power play, but yet you score on them. It's so it's, it's such a morale boost for the crowd. I think that the, the, the players really enjoyed themselves during that whole inter- yeah. uh, exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a good way to end. Um, there were a couple other moments in the first half I just wanted to throw out there as things that I noticed. About 28 yeah. minutes in, um, Jesse got a warning for taking out a guy off the ball. It was on a kick, mm. so he was running like he was going to try to charge the kick down. Mm-hmm. And um, it happened. It was it was fairly off the ball, and it was it was called a penalty, not a card or anything. But he he did penalize it. And Jesse said, you know, the, watch the video. The guy moved into me. Now I. I did watch the video. Jesse's 100% right. The guy takes two big old side saddle steps moving Mm -hmm. laterally on the field to make sure that he gets into Jesse's line as Jesse's running down to chase the kick. Now, did Jesse have a realistic chance to block the kick? No. He was too far away. And, you know, the the guy had enough depth that it just didn't even matter. But that guy moved into Jesse's line. Jesse bumped him. There was nothing in it. Just nothing in it. Right? Mm -hmm. Except that Jesse already had the referee's eye on him. And this brings up the idea. One of the reasons that discipline is really important is because players always have to look after the picture they are showing to the referee. Mm-hmm. What, what is the referee going to interpret from the, you know, your collective actions and then your individual actions at any given moment? And if you've been showing the referee that he has to watch out for what you might do, mm-hmm. And he just sees a collision off the ball between you and another guy, and the other guy gets the worst of it because Jesse's a big unit. You know, he mm-hmm. took the guy out. You might just get penalized even though you didn't do anything wrong. And that's what happened there. Jesse didn't do anything wrong, but he got penalized. And that issue, what are you know, what are our choices doing to us? What picture are we showing the referee? What calls are going to go our way and what aren't? is going to is going to come back and becomes, you know, kind of a theme in this match where discipline ended mm-hmm. up being a big piece of it. Another thing that changed that picture we already talked about, but Connor Key slapping that ball out of Danny's hands 
It's just pointless. There's nothing to be gained there. The referee saw it. He, I think he rolled his eyes. I think I heard him <laughs> roll up in the 11th row. Yeah. Um, it just didn't help anything. I get it. Everybody's trying to be sneaky and do clever little stuff. But when you think about the picture that shows the referee about what he needs to look at and, and what is going on in his notice and outside of his notice – it really doesn't do us any favors. We were really lucky to get that try scored at the 39th minute. Ben Lesage ran an amazing line. The offload sure from Reese McDonald was really, really good. Uh, it all came about because DC made the choice to like have a quick line out out of fear of the pressure that we were bringing at the line out, something that having Jesse Peretti really helped us to do, pressure that D DC line out when we were on defense. Um, and it came together, that try came together really well. Um, but it was, uh, you know, there, the, the signs were there in the first half, I guess mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, that, that discipline was going to come, uh, to be something that, that could bite us. For sure. And, you know, we've talked about this before as, you know, Jesse, the pest Peretti, he got that nickname <laughs> on this yeah. show based he on how it. he plays and the game that he brings on the pitch. And, and some, it's it's a it's a very much on the edge type of, uh, you know, play that he has. Very mm -hmm. physical guy, obviously a game changer in the line out. You know, there was multiple times in this game where he sh uh, he shined in yeah. um, a facet of the game, the set piece area where, you know, two weeks ago when we played in uh, in San Diego, it all, let's just be honest, it looked like shit. Uh, and, of course, Q coming in and, and you know, uh, making sure that those balls are on the money also helped. But Jesse was fantastic in the lineout. But at the same time, you know, when you got a guy that, that, uh, that is on the edge quite a bit and then sometimes steps over the edge, it's a bit of a liability situation. And we'll mm -hmm. get more into that here um, as we continue. But uh, I, 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 you know, I, I'm very happy for Ben Lesage getting his first try. What a tremendous person he is. Great player. Yeah. So lucky to have him on the free jacks. You know, we've interviewed him and he's just a joy uh, to talk to for sure. And I'm so happy for him. But let's continue. What was your, uh, I guess, overall thoughts in the first half? You feel you feel good about that 1910? I did. I did feel pretty good about it. It felt like mm -hmm. a good game. Um, I liked the way we were playing. I, you know, seeing good performances out of lots of different players. You know, and that's mm -hmm. something that really gives me a lot of confidence a lot of the time when we can note that. And I'm just, you know, one guy after another. I'm like, oh, that was a good. You know, like uh, mm -hmm. Joe Johnston drew to those two defenders on the Paula Bolicana try, the first try. You know, that was. I was like, oh, Joe, like really did a great job. Everything he needed to do to to put Paula through. Um, you know, obviously seeing Josh get hurt was a real bummer. Mm -hmm. Uh, not, not good to see him come off like that. You could tell right away that he was, he was pretty hurt the way he yes. went down. Um, you know, feel for him. Hope he heals up quickly, especially on, you know, the, the day of his 50th major league rugby cap. Yeah. Uh, it's not the, not the way you want to see it go. So that was a, that was a downer in that first half for sure. But other than that, I thought that, you know, the way we were playing was great. We had that card, but then we scored a try. And, you know, it was just, it, it stank, but then we scored and it, and it was feeling okay. Like, okay, we can even score a man down. We've got mm -hmm. this match pretty well controlled. We're, we're in control of this. And just to go back here, talking about Bozo's bringing up, and, and this is something that Caitlin and I were watching because the highlight video is just absolutely stunning. 
where yeah. you know Bozo saying, "Dave, don't forget that incredible one-handed scoop laser from the magician." Uh, if yeah. you guys haven't seen this highlight, go back and watch this. So it's at the breakdown, and by the way, the breakdown, especially at the beginning of the game, was pretty sloppy a little bit. I think DC yeah. was kind of making sure that it was very difficult for John Poland to work his magic back there. But there mm-hmm. was uh, a situation where he just scoops this ball off the ground and launches it directly into the hands of the receiver. I might have been um uh, it might have been um Mitch Wilson uh that caught that ball who passed it off to Reese and then to Ben Lesage. But it is like a one in like a thousand type there's no you know he, that he, the best way to describe it it is a in truly a laser. And it's just you know one of those situations where we take him for granted so much one of the best yeah. nines in the league since the beginning, since he's been here, is just unstoppable, man. What what an incredible uh, individual effort to get that uh, that ball uh, on target there. Um, all right, let's move on to the second half here, and whoa, mm-hmm. we'll talk on. about I, JP a little bit more. Then yes, we will as soon as I find <laughs> it. There we go. There it is. Okay. Um, so uh, before Keys return, New England would secure their fourth try which was of course a bonus uh despite being down a man uh they worked an overlap with uh Patras charging down the short side he put Wien Conradi in space who in turn found John Poland in support for the finish and when Wien Conradi was rumbling down the pitch with that ball before he offloaded I was like, man, he sure does run like a back, but he is built like an absolute brick shit house. Yeah. Um, I mean, he can run like the wind. It's pretty impressive to see him run uh, that fast. It good. It was a good offload as well. It sure was. Yep. He 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 really delivered on that play. It was fun. Everybody Incredible. everybody did well. Mitch Potras threw a good pass. Mitch Wilson ran a good line and made a good pass to get mm-hmm. Vian through. Vian then sprinted thirty meters, just like at a clip. No big deal. And. <laughs> made the made the offload once his man finally caught up with him uh it was great that that's try of the week candidate for me that better be up there when they oh, yeah. round up this week i think that was the best try of the uh of the match probably I agree. Jesse Peretti in his first game back with the team was testing the referee's patience. And after deliberately killing the ball (laughs) with DC on the attack, he was dispatched to the sin bin. Old glory immediately took advantage with a try for, uh, to Corey Daniel in the middle of a line out drive. So that is, you know, Jesse's off the field, you know, we're a man down and DC scores. The next up was Ben Lesage was the villain, uh, pinged with taking out Tusatala off the ball. Diaz Vanella kicked long, and the mall did mall did the rest driving home from 10 meters out nick sashkin uh got the credit this time and suddenly it was all tied up at the hour mark so definitely yeah. a bit nervous there at that point you know it's it's not good when you got guys lacking discipline and being sent off in the into the sin bin there and then your opponent immediately is scoring tries to you know kind of scratch back into the game so it was a bit nervy it was squeaky bum time a little bit there uh to a certain extent how were you feeling at that point Dave yeah it was it was squeaky bum time Uh, (laughs) they tied it up and it was at that point it really felt like it it could go either way I mean it was tied with 20 minutes left what what more do you need uh to know to know that either team could win at that point Mm -hmm. um the the yellow card from Jesse you know I I can't see any other possible outcome there except a yellow card, given mm-hmm. what he did. I mean, they were one meter out. It was it was a ruck, but the ball was was visible. It was a tackle, and 
he just leaned over and completely sealed you know the ball to the to the tackled player so mm -hmm. that there was just no possibility the ball could come out at all just trapped the ball and ended play and you know i mean it was so over the line that like i he's a smart guy i assume he knew he would get that card like yeah. at that point it's got to be just about a calculated decision we we tend to think about those players as kind of just being impulsive or, or or something but i mean that didn't even look it didn't look impulsive to me it looked like you know what i'm gonna buy us a minute well i might eat a card but we're just gonna stop things here and that you know it's a gamble that didn't play off they scored two times on driving malls in the next 10 minutes mm -hmm. um and the match was tied at that point and it was a uh you know it it, it became a real problem I, you know, with, with people, you know, interacting in the stands and stuff like that, you miss part of what goes on on the pitch. And I was hearing from people that were around us there at the uh, section five, the Rowdy Rangers, as I like to call them, that, um, at Jesse was getting an earful from, I believe TK, um, as he was, uh, you know, sitting down there in the sin bin. I, I didn't see that specifically with my own eyes, but, right. um, you know, you kind of, you kind of know what's going to happen with Jesse, and you just hope he doesn't. You know, I've called him a walking yellow card before. It's just like you know, you want yeah. his talent and the what he can do on the pitch, but all the all of the extra stuff and and the 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 play that goes over the edge. It's just it's just not good. It's just not yeah. great. It, well, um, and and you know, one of, one of the things my my buddy West said is we're sitting there watching, same thing, just banter in the stands. Is, yep. He, you know, Jesse giveth and he taketh away. That's right. Yeah. And that's just, that's the nature of the beast. We've seen matches where he only does the giveth part. And mm -hmm. that's when he is really on another level. For I mean, sure. we, we talk about his line out play. He's also, he is a fantastic defender. Mm -hmm. He hits like a truck. He has had some real, real rumbles with the ball in that's the right. last year that we've known him. I mean, he is a really gifted player. Um, and he know you know this i'm none of this would be new to jesse peretti you know right. I, I he has the self-awareness he's heard people say these things if he listens probably doesn't uh, no. better for your mental health but uh <laughs> you know it none of this is new it, it, yeah. i think i said what i said to my buddy when he said that is yeah you know it does what it says on the box right? right like you know there's going to be both sides of that coin and you know we'll, we'll we're only at 60 minutes we'll get there but Yep. You know, we got, we saw both sides. For sure. We sure did. And let's get back to that here right now. Next up, it says, once back at full strength, New England's forwards went to work and piled on the pressure. DC defended valiantly, but at last, Cam Davidowitz, the hometown hero, had the strength to reach out uh, of a tackle and ground the ball with Patras converting. He would add three more points on a long-range effort after a scrum penalty win against the visitors. Yet again, Peretti uh, pushed his luck and then was uh, was clattered with uh, clattered into excuse me Fanana Schultz. He received a second yellow, which meant red. Seconds later, um, Diaz Banella found Owen Sheehy of Sheehy Auto Sales. That's his father, who also owns the team, interestingly enough, with a cross kick. And uh, when the ball was recycled, quick hands put Mike DeBullis away for uh, down the left uh, left sideline. Excuse me. 
there was still time enough for a restart and after the bullets made uh, ground with the free jacks were on high alert uh diaz Benella again uh picked out Sheehy, but the fullback opted to put boot to ball and found only patras who calmly turned and smashed the ball into touch to end the game there was a lot of debate on twitter about what the hell were dc thinking about kicking away in that scenario yeah. you have any thoughts on that dave I, I mean, none, none that bring any clarity to the issue. Yeah. Um, it was the first kick was cheeky because it was a big kick pass out to yes. the wing. And I remember being like, oh, God, they kicked it. But then the wing got it. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, OK, they, they kicked it. They still have it. And then immediately the next play is another kick. It was two mm-hmm. kicks in quick succession. I don't know. Maybe they were just gassed. And, you know, maybe they felt like they had to just make a go for it there. I mean, my what I wrote in my notes was they bet the house. Like, yeah, they bet the house on that kick, and it, it's Patro's got it and ha- kicked it right into touch. It was a pretty good kick. He was dead center in the in the pit. Yeah, maybe they were thinking it would be too hard to get it out from there with the pressure they could bring. It was the kick was fairly well placed. Yeah, in terms of making it hard to get it out, better than kicking it toward the touchline, where if it goes into touch, you, you know, the match is over without Free Jacks even having to do anything. Um, but yeah, Patro's got it. That whole, I, my notes I wrote down. So Jesse gets his second card for a shoulder check. The time on the clock is 79 minutes and 12 <laughs> seconds. In the next 48 seconds, seven years will pass. <laughs> like DC scored. They kicked a drop goal. We yep. had the restart. They ran several phases to get halfway down the field. And then they kick it twice in the match ends. And it, I think I felt some hair turn gray in that time. Um, For sure. It just wa- it was closer than it needed to be. We end up winning the match by just a handful of points. Mm-hmm. DC, if things went different in, in that time, at full time, you know, 81 minutes in, we could be, we could be looking at a different result. And they, in those last few minutes, they got their bonus points that's right yeah in the table they got a four try bonus point they got a close loss bonus point they get two points out of that loss that they weren't going to get 79 minutes and 12 seconds into the match those points were not on the table for them and now they are and they add up uh, over the course of a season. You know that could uh, you know keep them out or you know keep them in a playoff scenario mm-hmm. going going uh, down the road here. So, you know, hats off to DC. I mean, we we've talked about on this show how we know that they've improved. We've heard it from Rugby Mornings uh, Fitzy uh, John Fitzpatrick, who is our DC correspondent. He's told us how this team has gotten better. I think Josh Sims has done a fantastic job with that squad so far. I mean, this is a team that won three games last year, and they brought the Free Jacks to the brink of almost losing a game at home in the home opener at Fort Quincy, which is, yeah. to a certain extent, unthinkable to uh, you know because <laughs> because you know, we're spoiled. <laughs> we, we are spoiled. They only win sure. at home, yeah. Right. I mean, we we win at home. We've only lost ever to New York twice, unfortunately, at home. I mean, that's that's a crazy stat to think about. There's it only is. one team that's ever beaten us at Fort Quincy. Whoa. Uh, and speak of the devil, that is the uh, New York IT workers who will be talking about 
in the next segment here. New York uh, elite know, hackers. Uh, they yes, exactly. The broadcast. Yep. They're, they're flexing their IT muscles with knocking Dave out of the broadcast for a second there. That's right. uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. I think what I was basically saying is that, you know, DC has improved ultimately and uh, they almost won this game. It was it could very, very easily could have, if they just kept the damn ball in their own hands uh, with possession to them, you know, uh, the, the, the old forward in me says, why the hell are you kicking in that scenario? Just, you know, <laughs> keep the phases going and march down the field that way. But right. you know, it is what it is. I'm glad we won the game, but um, it was a lot closer closer than it should have been to a certain extent. Like I would have loved to have seen this play out without us getting four or three yellow cards. You know yes. what I mean? Like, I think it could have definitely been a different story, right. which um, becomes but, a red two yellows is a red. So that's that is right. A red card. You know, it's yeah. two yellows and a red card to Jesse Peretti. And interestingly enough, you know, Jesse is brought in as a guy that can jump, um, you know, brought back into the squad, obviously wasn't retained uh, at the end of last season, comes back because there's a bit of an injury concern in the lock area already, the second row area. Regan O'Gorman is injured right now. Uh, Jesse Peretti is now on a, a red card, which means I, I'm assuming an automatic sus, uh, suspension yeah, for it's future not, games. It's not, I guess it is foul play because it was like a shoulder charge off yeah. the ball. So I, yep. guess, I guess that's foul play and he'll probably have at least a one week suspension. I don't know. We'll yep. see. That's, yep. a, that's a guess. I don't put too much stock in that if you're like, a, you know, a listener. Don't don't yep. bet. We can bet on MLR now, I guess. Don't bet. But uh <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I would, it, it comes down to how they, you know, denoted it. And, and I would assume mm -hmm. what he got actually racked up for was a shoulder charge. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, our captain, uh, 50 appearances for Josh Larson. He comes off uh, early in the game holding his arm. It's a dislocated shoulder. You know, if there's tears going on there, as Bozo talked about in the Outrider chat, I mean, he could be out for a couple of weeks, potentially. I'm not saying that that's definitely what's going to happen. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, it's we're, a wide we're not the head of a, medical. You know? Yeah, that's a big, that's a broad injury. Shoulder yes. Dislocation. They yes. Can, you can have from what i understand i'm not a doctor but you can have some that are not too bad and you can have some that are pretty bad so sure it, it just depends on the details that that you know they they're working out there right but so, what i'm trying to highlight is is you know depth is always so important but all of a sudden yeah. we have potentially three locks that are not going to play in the next game perhaps so you know you got to get creative and stuff like that and and so um that that kind of wraps her up it, well actually we haven't done uh, again no. no notes this week guys i'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here um, we'll get this squared away um next week but uh, yeah. in terms of mvp i'll go ahead and let you go first uh i wanted to just because i'll forget if i don't say it now i oh, yeah. to say that i bumped into justin johnson in the in the stance really i did he was yeah there. he was playing he's, for he's, uh, he was mystic, playing yes. for mystic there's photos out there of him hoisting the trophy with yep. uh you know mags and i think it's brad the uh nerfu commissioner uh, president, I guess we don't have a commissioner, uh, but we don't need a commissioner. Nobody's making any money, but the president of Nerfu, congratulations to Justin Johnson and to mystic for winning the heritage cup. I agree. Um, he said that he's just working and playing rugby. You know, I, I get him. the sense. He didn't say I get, got the sense, you know, that he just wanted to move into his career and start, yeah. start, you know, focusing on that. And he's still playing rugby at, at a very high level playing for mystic and winning that mm -hmm. tournament. So, you know, good to good to see him hanging out with the Mystic guys up there, and uh, glad that he is doing well. We got MVPs and musket-sized pants tent. Yes, sir. I'll let you. I, I'll I'll do musket-sized pants tent uh, real quick here. All right. It really came down between two guys for me. Uh, Threat and Palamo is always a threat there in the center yeah. position. Um, just you know, very recognizable with his long hair. 
Um, one of my favorite uh, USA Eagles of all time, I think still maybe the youngest USA Eagle of all yeah, time as well in is. terms of appear- appearances uh, at a World Cup as well. I put think a, he held that he, record for a long time. He put a real nice shoulder check on Jason Patros at one point mm-hmm. after a kick. Just just absolutely knocked him into touch. Uh, totally missed by the referee. That was fun. <laughs> but I think I'm going to give this to Danny Tusatala. I mean, how can you not, man? The, the guy's got his hair is just on another level. Like I would love to see like the the head to head between him and Kyle the Eagles Sopera. Who would get the most votes as like the best hair in MLR? Right. Like it is just it is it's hard to explain to be honest. I mean, you just kind of have to see it to understand what he's he's working with there. But there was a couple times that he was he didn't score any tries, of course. But uh, there was a couple times that he was really really dangerous with just just going like you know if there was like a defensive breakdown with the free jacks at the the breakdown he would just take off and he got you know several meters where it looked like he was going to score a try so that's the type of um mm -hmm. yeah he he will happily punish the first two defenders who are forwards always around the ruck right Right. on either side you get a forward right by the ruck and then another forward a, a few meters out from that guy and you got to be heads up and paying attention. Mm-hmm. I would hate to play against DC as like a lazy prop, yep. knowing that you have a scrum half who will always capitalize if you are sleeping and out of position or you got your hips turned. You yep. make a mistake and he is going to break through your channel and make you look real stupid. That's right. Um, it's a mismatch. It's a yeah, mismatch he's, for sure. he's just so good at it. He's so hungry for it. Um, he's a lot of he's a lot of fun and definitely co-captain of the MLR all hair team for sure and you know speaking of him you know he's been fantastic since he got to DC and it probably between him and John Poland maybe the two best uh nines in the league you know they're they're just so good one more flashy than the other one obviously but Mm -hmm. uh yeah he is my musket size pants scent a very very fantastic player um and we'll move into MVP and I'll let you go first my friend all right I'm gonna do my thing where I say nice things about almost everybody (laughs) <laughs> Sam Fishley had a pretty good match. He was good in the line out. He had a few good runs. Also credit for him for stepping in at lock when uh, Connor Keys got carded. Fishley mm-hmm. stepped in and locked in the scrums. Always, always good to see people do that. It's no Josh Vandefleer throwing at the line outs at the international level. If you watch the Ireland-Scotland game, that was wild. Mm. But uh, still very, very impressive. Uh, credit to Cam for doing the same thing. He locked in the second half when Preddy was off. Um, Cam also scored a try in the home opener. Not bad for a farmer. He's doing pretty well. Uh, the center pair for of Vanderbank and Lesage worked pretty damn well. We're all eagerly awaiting the return of LaRue Milan, of course. Yes. But in the meantime, watching those two click was was pretty excellent. They're both high work rate guys. Uh, it's such an embarrassment of riches we have in these centers. Yep. Vian Conradi put in another Vian Conradi performance. He led tackles. He led meters. He mm-hmm. led carries. He is a workhorse. Um, Reese McDonald looked pretty great at 15. He brought a lot of flair, another kind of playmaker. Definitely made a difference out there. We saw him set up some tries. I really like the lineup that we brought, and I felt like – with the exception of the discipline issues we talked about, and that's just one side because Jesse played great when he was on the field. One he of the sure reasons did. we missed him so much yep. is because he is so good when he is out there. Yep. Um, but I have to give it to Paula Bellicana. They call him the speed bump because he can do <laughs> both. 
the wrecking ball. Yeah, that's right. He'll run through you. He'll run around you. He had two tries. One where you know Joe Johnston set him up, but he did a lot of finish work. You know, just using the speed. That's exactly what you want. The other one was more of a support line. You know, just being mm-hmm. there, being the guy with the wheels who can get there and be the last man. Uh, love having Paul Balcona out there doing his job, finishing tries, scored or finishing, finishing plays to score yeah. the tries. Scored two mm-hmm. of them for us. Paula Balacana, MVP. I love this selection for sure. And I love how you highlighted so many players because it was a lot of great players uh, wearing Free Jacks uniforms in that game for sure. You know, you know, just going through the list here because I haven't I haven't made up my mind yet. I mean, again, I'm, I'm <laughs> I can going... vamp more. I didn't even talk about the front no, row no, no. of the scrums. We you're blew good, up their scrums and didn't really get rewarded <laughs> for it, which is slightly unjust. But the ball was playable. And I'm sure the referee just wanted to just move on with things. It's a restart, not a penalty generator. So if you mm-hmm. can restart rather than have a penalty, that's generally preferable. So even though we were dominant, we didn't really get a lot out of it a couple times, but it was fun to see. I'm going to say that Jason Patras is not my MVP, but I think he really showed out. This guy made three of five conversions. He got one penalty. He looked really good with his kicks for sure. I think, you know, the pressure – potentially this is something that he's talked about he's just kind of brushed it off like no big deal but it's the (laughs) it's the home opener in front of the uh crowd at fort quincy you're the 10 you're the guy that's replacing Bodine walker and i think he did a fantastic job so as he was walking off the pitch i shook his hand i said hell of a job because i think he did a fantastic job yeah uh, for sure i'm not going to give it to him because i feel like i've already done that at at some point earlier in the (laughs) season so uh you know a lot of names that could be thrown around here but i'm going to give it to a guy that, you know, when I saw that he was announced, I was like, who the hell is this? And I looked him up and I saw his highlights and I said, oh, we might have something here. And, uh, you know, I saw him play at 10 uh, in Houston uh, in the preseason game. And I was like, this kid has something, man, for sure. And he got the start at 15 and everybody kind of raised their eyebrow a little bit because that's Mitch Wilson's position at the USA Eagles and stuff like that. Obviously, Mitch playing in the wing in this game. But mm-hmm. Reese McDonald, I like to call him the Red Rocket out there. He really showed me something. He didn't get on the try uh, score uh, sheet at all, but this kid can play, man. He is, you described him a moment ago as a playmaker, and that is exactly what he is. And I hope he continues to stay, you know, in the starting um, uh, 15, if not in the 23, because I think he is a difference maker for sure. We want to have difference makers, we want to have impact players, and we want to have playmakers on this team. And I think he can do all of that. He can create, he's he's shifty, he's fast as hell, he can kick. Um, I'm just really, really proud of this kid coming in here um and and doing his thing so i'm going to give it to reese mcdonald excellent yeah and with that i think we're all set to move out of this segment and over to oh by the way it's rivalry week everybody we Um, did it yeah it really is we did so we are uh, 47 minutes in so we're going to go say one word uh to get out of here in three two one huzzah Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined with Diamond Dave. This is the New York preview. Dave, how the hell are you? I am fantastic, Phil. How you doing? Not too bad. It is rivalry week. This is week five in MLR. This one was definitely circled on the calendar by the Free Jacks <laughs> and the fans alike, I'm sure, because this is one of the best rivalries in North American sports, if not the entire world. Of course, New York uh, and the Boston area or New England in general. These two areas do not like each other at all. Um, we can go on and on about that, but ultimately it comes down to a huge storyline in this game. 
And this is something that you and I and we talked about on this show with everybody that would come on or every time that we would, you know, <laughs> kind of get cl- towards the end of the season. I kept saying, like, the nightmare scenario is New York comes into Fort Quincy and beats us at home to go on to the MLR final. And by God, that's exactly what happened. And it was it was tough to watch there. I think the referee certainly played a part. I, I wonder if it wasn't Anselmi himself that was in the pink or whatever they were wearing that year last year. If it was somebody else, maybe it could have gone a different way or whatever. I mean, th- we can kind of go through all of these scenarios, but ultimately, unfortunately, our Free Jacks lost that game game and ultimately New York are currently the reigning champions um, which is which is a tough pill to swallow for New England sports fans um, but that is just the reality that we face but one good thing that we can take from this is now this rivalry is amped up even more considering the circumstances of last year what's your thoughts yeah I mean it certainly hasn't gotten less rivalry <laughs> uh, it was it was tough it was a good match both teams competed talking about the final you know it was it was difficult and uh i certainly really want to beat them down in new york as we're coming into it it's sure it has never been anything but brutal when these two teams face each other so i'm sure it will be another one for the ages uh and both of these teams are going to be very very hungry for the win here because it makes for both of them Pretty substantial, could be a pretty substantial inflection point in the season as the East is really tight with, with it's three wide open brawl and at the top us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's kind of get into that real quick in terms of the Eastern Conference standings. We've got New York <coughs> Ironworkers. Uh, actually, I'll just call them by their their full name here just to make sure that we're we're really touching on this this amazing branding rebrand that they've done. It's the uh, Rugby New York Ironworkers Professional Rugby Football Club of the Union Code. So, um, you know, a, a mouthful. But, but, you know, I guess in that market, it's so saturated, you really have to stand out as uh, Matt McCarthy will tell you on Twitter. Um, So in terms of what we're looking at in the Eastern Conference, the Iron Workers are 2-2 and right now. They've played four games, though. They're at 10 points. Uh, Their point differential is 22, uh, which is the highest. That's why they're technically in first place right now. Now, with a game in hand is rebrand ATL. They have one win, one loss uh, at 10 points right now. And then, of course, your New England Free Jacks are right there in the mix, too, with 10 points, uh, two wins, one loss, and with one point, in, uh, or excuse me, one game in hand also on New York. So we've only played three. Rebrand ATL has played three, and we have 10 points. So, um, you know, this could really uh, propel us into a situation. If we win this game, we could potentially go to the top of the table. And boy, wouldn't it be nice to kind of stay there? And my cat Morty is joining right now uh, <laughs> just to let us know how much she hates uh, New York. Um, so here she is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately this is a really good position for the free Jacks to be in. We're right there where we hope that we would be in the top three at this point of the season, but now you can really have an opportunity to go down there, um, at New York's new venue and make a statement just like they did last year at the beginning or towards the uh, beginning and middle of the season when we had that kind of funky um, three-game series in the mm-hmm. regular season where two of them were down at 
Hoboken, New Jersey, um, in that area, and we took uh, points away from them and won both of those games in dramatic fashion, by the way, Mm -hmm. especially that one that you and I were both at. That was tremendous. I will never forget uh, LaRue Milan scoring that try and just spiking the ball and just the eruption from the the traveling fans, the expeditionary forces of the 1st Regiment down there, loud and proud. I really feel like... And this is just me being biased. I really felt like we taught them how to be fans almost. We brought the culture to them. Um, and it is 10 p.m. right now. So uh, the, the feeder just went off. So Morty just uh, jumped out of my <laughs> lap and took off. He's so, skedaddling. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, just what what is the approach to this game, I guess? I mean, with with uh, a new head coach for New York, we mm-hmm. still understand that they want to be that forward dominant type of uh team where they score a lot of tries from the line out mall you know combination how how do we approach as free jack how we approach this game um that's a good question i think that we approach it uh much the same as nola approached it Mm -hmm. when they just defeated them right um which was to be very defensive focused uh, okay. That match was scoreless for 30 minutes. It was still 0-0, 30 minutes in, um, and only 7-0 at the half. It was, okay. I mean, it was a real defensive battle and uh, a pretty good match overall. It's pretty entertaining. So, I, I mean, if you're looking for something to do this week, you know, and you're kind of curious to see where New York is uh, at, but you don't want to watch them win a game, uh, yep. throw it on. You get to see Dougie Fife. It's a little blast from the past. Uh, he Love had an that. okay game. Um, yeah, I think that you have to make sure that New York is defended well. And by that, I mean, really feeling defensive pressure. They can be such a dominant attacking team, such a good attack system, really high skilled players. Their catch and pass is what I always talk about when we have New York coming up, just how good their catch and passes. They're like simple skills mm-hmm. of like getting the ball all the way out to the wing, you know, and Mm -hmm. they have some dangerous wings they're going to try to use. And uh, that can be really, obviously it's hard to defend and we need, we kind of, it's something we'll have to front up at. I I think I trust our back line as defenders. One of the Mm -hmm. things that makes the team really fun to watch is that our whole back line is always just as eager to make a hit, you know, and, and, and get a poach if they can, as a flanker would be. Um, It's something the team, builds itself around and prides itself on. And that's why I think this is a good matchup for us as we've seen last year, you know, didn't obviously the final did not go our way, the conference final, but um, you know, outside of that, we, we played them really well. We, Mm -hmm. we got those wins, those very dramatic wins. You get dramatic wins when you manage to keep the other team from scoring more points than you, you know, it turns out that's what keeps it close and lets you get back in and win at the end of the match. And so, uh, for me, I think it's really going to be a chance for our defense to shine. We know that that's, you know, continued to be a focus of the team and Mike Rogers in particular and uh, the way that they really come up and generate pressure and force errors. Um, and so I think that'll be I think that'll be really important to mm-hmm. bring New York set piece is always very good. They're a very well tuned team. Uh, we know their driving mall is very potent. Uh, Nola did a good job stopping that as well in that in that match. So if you're mm. you know if you're one of those people who say how do you even stop it? How you, know, you can yes. watch that and see how Nola did a handful of times. 
uh, prevent those tries off those five meter um, malls. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. New York is always always a good team, and we have some fun going on around the match as well. What about uh, the live broadcast? That you're yeah, let's let's get right into that real quick. So this is the for the first time ever, the Jacks Rangers show is going to do a live watch along, and some people are going to say, well, "What do you mean? Are you going to actually show the game? Are you going to broadcast the game?" No, I don't want to go to jail uh, or be <laughs> sued. So we we're not going to do that. What we are going to do is we're going to have like um, a setup similar to this, I think, where we might have two cameras or just one camera. And Bozo and I, because Dave, you're going to the game with your daughter, which is going to be right. awesome. I'm super excited for you guys. Um, I'm going to be hanging back uh, and staying in the in the great uh, Granite State here. And we'll be jo- I'll probably be joining Bozo at his Granite uh, bunker. And we'll be uh, oh, cool. you know drinking some beers. And uh, we will turn on the game. And we will be watching the game. And if you guys want to, any Rangers out there that are interested, you can tune in live to us and just kind of watch us or listen to us react to what is going on in the game. And, of course, there's going to be lulls in the game where we just kind of shoot the shit and talk about whatever. But, of course, in the background, there's always going to be that match going on where we're commenting about what's taking place. And it's not your traditional commentary. Obviously, we're just fans, so we're going to be talking some shit about New York and whatnot. (laughs) So it'll be a good time. There will be plenty of laughs and stuff like that so i'm super excited i'm a big follower of manchester united and there's a a fan channel that i i absolutely follow daily called stretford paddock and they've been doing this for many many years where they get comedians on or analysts on or just fans in general there'll be like three of them in front of a camera just watching the game in the background and they'll just be have microphones and just be talking about what's taking place and then talking about just philosophy or life or whatever just for laughs and it's a big hit so i'm super excited about i think it could be something that we can use going forward uh for these away games uh, not just like it's different than Ranger Tavern. It's a completely different aspect to it. And I think it could be a lot of fun. So super excited for it. Yeah, and it I hope like, we were, yeah, I hope like we're able to have you. I think, I think you guys yeah. will be having a good time. Yeah. Uh, I think you were about to say hoping to have me on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm traveling down with uh, my daughter, Abby, my older daughter. We're going to go down together, um, staying in New Rochelle. Uh, home of such luminaries as Joseph Campbell, he of the hero's journey, very important folklorist. Thomas Paine, the uh, ideological father of the revolution. Common Sense sold so many copies that there was one for every 20 Americans at the time. Just a colossal number of copies wow. of that pamphlet. Must have been a good pamphlet. I don't know. Some people say. Well, you know, another legend is from there as well. That would be Scott, the big guy, Farrar, who was on this episode in an earlier segment where I was on a completely different planet. And thank God he kind of held <laughs> things together uh, for us. But, uh, you know, our great uh, New uh, uh, New York correspondent, who's very, very patient with me and, and the banter that I, that I bring uh, in talking a lot of shit towards New York. Yeah. So we always appreciate him very much. But uh, now it's yeah, time to kind of discuss... What's going to take place? I mean, we've talked about the rivalry. Everybody knows about how much we don't like them. They don't like us. And and one of the cool things about this is, you know, a lot of our our players are not from this area uh, and their players, same thing. But the organizations have been able to bring this to them and say, listen, this is a game that our fans want us to win. And here is why. So I think that's super cool that the, the players who are from different areas really get into it as well, the rivalry. So that's awesome. But let's discuss um, key to the game. 
Uh, for me, I, I, I want to put things like there will be blood or, you know, <laughs> let the blood flow as my key to the game. And I think, you know, although that has merit because it is such a big rivalry game and we want to see that physicality from the Free Jacks and not backing down to New York and that sort of thing. But I really want to bring it back to more tactical approach. And you had already mentioned it. It's one of the great weapons since New York has been in the league is, you know, their mall that generates a try so frequently and is so successful. Dylan Fawcett is the master at it, the butcher, as they call him. I think it's stop the driving mall. And if you can stop that, if you can take that away, it's kind of like the Bill Belichick way of like, are we going to take away their key player? And once you do that, can the other team find other ways to beat you? So taking away this big aspect of a way for them to generate points, can they beat us in other ways? I mean, I think the answer is yes, but I think the Free Jets can hold their own. So take away this main you know, highlight that they have and try to have them, you know, scramble and find other ways to win well ultimately i think the free jacks will come out on top so what's your thoughts yeah that's a good one um i like it my first thought for mikey was just a defensive pressure and then kind of like yeah i, I thought that was too vague uh, it's kind of a cop-out obviously you want defensive pressure all the time it's mm-hmm. not specific enough so i think specifically we're going to need to generate turnovers. We know that we okay. do a lot after the turnover. We we love that as an opportunity to attack and to, to hit hard against an unorganized defense. And in order to do that, we're going to have to generate them. And obviously that comes from defensive pressure, but not just having some pressure, good line speed and all that, making big hits, being physical, but turning that into turnover ball that we can then turn and attack with. Yeah, it's one of the key things about the Free Jacks. They always want to create that turnover situation at the breakdown, you know, and then, uh, you know, basically create opportunities from that in transition play. So that would be fantastic to see them successfully do that. We've seen it a couple times, obviously, this season, but that's something that I would love to see more of the Free Jacks doing. It it really is demoralizing for the other team, right? Yeah. Uh, because it kind of takes away their their attack, and also it, they get it. It gets into their head like all oh, these guys are unstoppable. That we can't do anything. They're just going to get the ball over and over again. So yeah, I love that. Um, we'll go over to um, score predictions. Uh, are the dice going to be out? Because we've heard from fans. Oh, that, yeah, you know, some yeah. people. You know, that was a fun moment. The score yeah, ended up being pretty it. close to what the dice said. And after the end of the match, a uh, listener in the stands, you know, just on the way out, just just said, hey. You gotta, you gotta be careful with those dice. You just about did us. That was a little too close for comfort. <laughs> um, so I, I appreciate it. And 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 you know, broken clocks, right? Twice a day, right? It's true. We'll see. I'll try not to. I'll try not to keep them too close. But yeah, the dice are. I'm sticking with the dice. That's all my, right. Let's see it. It's my best predicting got? so far. All right, we've got. Oh, 16. Low. Oh score. boy, low scoring. Low score. An 18. Whoa. I say a defensive performance from both teams. You know what? Coming out on top, 16 to 18. It's interesting. All right, let me just write this down. 16, 18. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I was thinking defensive as well. It's interesting. It's it's almost like the universe is, is whispering to us here, David, because I, I didn't, you know, my range really has been in the 20s this season so far. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go a little bit lower than that. And I can't believe I'm doing this. But I, I want to say, I'm going to say New York 
IT workers, 14. We're going to go with a classic football score here. And our mighty Free Jacks, 17. Defensive struggle throughout the entire game. Just absolute, you know, uh, uh, um, a barn burner, you know, type of game. And ultimately it's going to come down to a penalty in our territory or excuse me, in uh, New York's territory. And that booming kick of Jason Patras is going to get the winning uh, uh, penalty kick for a three-point win for the Free Jacks at the death. I like that. That's my prediction. Specific. That's good. Yes, very specific. Um, I saw yesterday that apparently 31 is the most common score in MLR. Hmm. The most common, you know, the most frequently... You know, whether win or loss, one you know, if you add up every score, every team has scored. That's the most common. That's your highest frequency score, thirty-one. So we got to start sneaking more thirty-ones into our predictions so we look smart. Thirty-one is pretty high. That's like um, yeah. Big East football, uh, or excuse me, Big Twelve football. There's no defense that gets played there, so that that's that's pretty good. Uh, let me see. Uh, Bozo's chiming in here. Mitch Wilson walk off drop goal. Oh, now, wouldn't be that beautiful. be incredible? That would be unreal. I mean, yeah. the the scenes in the fan uh, the stands would be unreal. Uh, I'm well, hoping. Yeah, go ahead. Speaking of scenes in stand, it, scenes in stands. It's hard to stands. say. Yeah. We we uh, we're an MLR Free Jacks podcast, but the most insane thing that happened this weekend in rugby was the Fijian Drua beating the Crusaders That's at right. home in Fiji with a drop goal Incredible. at the end of the match. It was unreal. So do yourself a favor. Watch that match. It's it's incredible. I mean, how many times have I said last year that I hoped that Waka would hit a, a winning drop goal to win a game? I mean, that would be uh, so sick to watch Mitch Wilson do that, uh, one of our favorite players, the Iron Man himself. I'm hoping uh, Bozo's still in here so he can give us a, a prediction himself uh, with a score before we get out of here. But um, let me go ahead and write down. Jacks by ninety, you know that's of course, yeah. How could I? How how could I forget? <laughs> I, I I to a certain extent, I was thinking about this very briefly earlier today before we jumped on here, and I was like, mate, what if I did like ninety to zero, and just like you know, uh, yeah, you know, drop them out right here on the desk, just be like, yeah, that's my score prediction. Uh, New England ninety. Uh, okay, here, here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, oh, the Oracle of MLR. Bozo, New York three. New York three. That's so low. I love that. That's even better than predicting a shutout, though. I no doubt. He's just New York three. They're gonna get one penalty. That's it. That's oh, okay. Here we go. And the final part of the score: Free Jacks fifty-five. Three to fifty-five. That might be more insulting than ninety to zero as the score. I finish. agree. I agree. Oh, you know okay. what? That will be absolutely unreal for the expeditionary forces of the um, the first regiment that will be heading down to Mount Vernon, marching down there, hoping for big numbers. You know what? We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, last year we really, really showed out, and I think we impressed mm-hmm. everybody around the nation and our traveling fans. Yeah. There's definitely sure. a crew. I mean, we bought tickets as a group through Ed of uh, the first regiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to them uh, down in New York, just getting the ticket sales all together. So thank you to Ed who did who organized that. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I know at least like I'd say at least a good dozen sold, and that's just that I know of. So I'm sure it's that sounds good. That. Yeah. Um, so it should be a good should be a good crew. I'm excited uh, to head down, and it's about like 45 minutes to an hour closer to Boston because Not it's bad. on the other side of New York City. So it's on the yes. northeast side. 
in Mount Vernon, which is just northeast of the Bronx. Yeah, so you're not dealing with all of the traffic and the congestion as much as you would you don't have if to you go had to go down bridges. Right there, you go. That's, that's the big. Good. That's a big. That's a big part. You you know you can get there. It's all mainland all to get all the way down there. Sounds good. So if you are one of the Rangers or the Expeditionary Forces of the First Regiment that are heading down to Mount Vernon, make sure that you're as loud as possible. Make sure that they hear you in the stands and also on on TV there so we can all cheer you on um, as we watch the watch along. So if you guys aren't going to the game and you're not going to the Free Jacks uh, watch party, make sure you tune in to the Jacks Rangers show here to, uh, to the live watch party or live watch along. should be a good time. All right, with that being said, I've got one word before we exit the video in three, two, one, huzzah! huzzah. Woo! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Really looking forward to the epic clash between our New England Free Jacks and the Mount Vernon Sky Boys this weekend. One of the best rivalries, if not the best rivalry in MLR. Best of luck to all the expeditionary forces of the 1st Regiment that will be heading down to Mount Vernon to watch our Free Jacks down there in enemy territory. Please do check in to the watch-along with Bozo and I at 3 p.m. on Saturday as we go live to watch the game. And with that being said, I wanted to say a couple things before we ride off into the sunset here. Go Free Jacks, beat New York, saddle up, let's ride, and huzzah! Woo!